walk around and disregard it. Should you walk around, show you what heart is. Standing strong and proud of me, and I can't. Let's get started. It's the hardest. Walk around and disregard it. Should you walk around, show you what heart is. Standing strong and proud of me, and I can't. Let's get started. Yeah, get your boots ready. We're about to go on a trip where we wrestle nobody, settling or calling it quits. You're here for the grit, betcha this stuff is amazing. You're stumbling, welcome to the bump in the apron. Step into it, the hardest part of the ring. Here to bring fun, yeah, and this art is king. It's the best thing, making sure you don't tap out. Don't go soft with the hardest part cast out. And it's not just another one, it's clear. Off the rest, in this content, none can test. Take the nonsense off the steps. You know it's nothing but Pure gems when it's coming off the chest. Get it? Now it's time to sit and relax. Get your mind blown away. Ain't no skipping this track. Have you paid more attention? No listening gap. Get everything I ever wanted. No giving it back. Yeah. Ooh, what's up, everybody? It's <laughs> part of the hardest part of the ring. It is the apron bump. And it is Super Brawl 5. WCW Super Brawl 1995, the fifth incarnation of Super Brawl. I guess they they, they label them as numbers. This is the this is the ignorant to WCW uh, person talking. Um I don't know if this pay-per-view is kind of positioned as like a uh, a tentpole event for WCW, a marquee event. I know WCW kind of went the extra lengths to kind of give each pay-per-view personality, which I really like. But it was not enough to save it from this god-awful show. Holy fuck. Man, was <laughs> WCW, man. You know, I started these reviews in the middle of 94, and now we're here in uh, February, I believe, of 95. Man, WCW fucking sucks. <laughs> like, I'm not like I'm not surprised, but because you never hear a lot of glowing reviews of 95 WCW. But oof. I mean, hey. It's great for me. It's great for a podcaster, man. I mean, because this episode that we got here is fucking hilarious. Lots and lots of stuff to make fun of. But, uh, man, I can't imagine being a, a fan at the time. And, uh, you know, my guest on this episode, he's, he said something very poignant at the end of the episode. But I want to reiterate it here. He said that nothing on this show would make you want to tune in to WCW Saturday night or watch the next paper. It was like, man, there was just like, I mean, we, okay. We got Hogan. Sure. Hulk Hogan, huge star, suburban commando. I know, I know, but I feel like at this point early in 95, it's already starting to wear off the Hogan, Allure the Hogan, uh, you know, well, 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 what, what, what word am I, what, what word am I looking for, folks? The the Hogan uh, essence residue, the Hogan residue, it's starting to wear off a little bit, and in hindsight, it eventually did, and we talk about all this in the podcast, but it's so interesting to see uh, 
because we all know Hogan would eventually turn heel, join the NWO, and then they're off to the races. But it's interesting to kind of watch it in real time here, kind of why he would eventually turn heel, because what he was doing before wasn't working. The red and yellow. I mean, look, he got a big pop. You know, he's probably more over than anybody else in this. Not probably. Uh, Well, Macho Man's up there, but Hogan is definitely a star here. I'm not going to like try to diminish his his appeal, but um, it's almost like and this is based off of interviews from, you know, Bischoff and other people that were backstage at the time. You know, Hogan wasn't he was a hit, but he was more like he was a double. He wasn't a home run that they were expecting. And you can kind of see see why in this era that we're covering here, which is really interesting for me to kind of watch and uh, and discuss. But also on this show, we see the in-ring pay-per-view debut of Macho Man Randy Savage. We're uh, pretty fresh off of his uh, A&E documentary. So interesting to kind of see this this big transition in his career leaving the WWF, you know, they put him on commentary. Vince thought that he was pretty much done. He was at a point in his career where he couldn't uh, produce in the ring to the extent that he used to be able to. So he got thrown on commentary in WWF and Macho was like, listen here, I can get in the ring. Okay. I was trying to do a Macho Man, but it came off more Triple H there. Um, But... (laughs) the hell am i talking about so macho man gets in the ring with a match that's what they do in wrestling sometimes uh on this show otherwise man this show is just filled with like just the the wcw tropes man just like just hilariously spot on with the tropes we have oh yeah we have shitty finishes we have lots and lots of yelling at the camera promos lots of sweat lots of veins lots of flexing um just awful production awful pacing of the show and man there is is just a comedy of errors this entire episode or this entire show but um had a great time with my guest covering super brawl five brandon from the full nelson press podcast you can follow their podcast at TFNB on Twitter. Follow Brandon at Johnny underscore Tango on Twitter. Also on YouTube as well. Go check them out. A really entertaining podcast that um, has a different take on wrestling, YouTube, and podcasting, whatever you want to call it. The other day, they cover the current products, but they have a good time with it as opposed to, you know, just bashing it over and over again like a lot of people do. They do... uh animations of their episodes which is like a really fun unique aspect to it so go check them out the full nelson press all their info in the description let's dive right in folks wcw super brawl 1995 with myself and brandon from the full nelson press thanks for coming on and making the time to uh absolutely thanks for having me watch some old school wcw (laughs) <laughs> uh, um yeah just like to like get a little bit of context so were you watching wrestling back in 94 or 95 no so i started my first raw is uh a buddy of mine told me to watch wcw and i watched the wrong show 
and fell in love with WWF right away. Like, <laughs> whoops. Yeah. He's like, look for the bald guy with the goatee. I'm like, I like this dude. He's really cool <laughs> with the beard. Yeah, the black <laughs> trunks, the black so, boots. Right? Totally. So like, my first Raw was actually just on a fluke was the Stephanie McMahon getting crucified and Stone Cold coming okay. out to save the day, which is like cemented it for me that I was like, oh, there's more to this than just wrestling. Right. <laughs> Dude, that's, that's crazy because it's almost the exact same for me. Because like uh, my dad got me into wrestling and he always made me watch Goldberg matches. Right. And I, I just stumbled upon WWF. And it was around the same time because the first my first memory of wrestling is uh, watching Undertaker hang boss man from the oh, cell. Right so it's that same right like min that ministry Undertaker kind of deal. So see, like as a kid, I was a huge like um, urban or what is it? Urban commando or suburban commando of Hulk Hogan. And I knew he was a wrestler, <laughs> yeah. but like I just never gave a shit. I don't think. Like no one right. in my family ever watched wrestling. But you're you said you're a big suburban commando fan? Yeah. Man. Was as, that, was as a five as a five year old, <laughs> absolutely. Nowadays, oh, I, okay. I, I I like I know we're talking about Hulk Hogan's in the main event here, so like I, I, <laughs> I hate Hulk Hogan. I think he's such a piece of right. shit. <laughs> is it is it because of suburban commando? No, it is, or is I it don't because think of the nanny. That. No. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'd still it watch it. It doesn't help I think matters. if like, it was on TBS, I'd still be like, all right, all right we'll watch it. Well, we'll give it. I've, I've actually never seen it. I, I keep hearing about it. People keep raving about it. I guess I might it, as well just It has dive right one in. of the best scenes in cinematic history. It's he Hulk Hogan because he's from like outer space or something like that. Um, I think that's what it is. I can't remember. He's a Marine. I don't know. Yeah, but he yeah. sees a mime and he goes, this poor mime stuck in a box. So he punches the box and he just clocks the mime right in the face. Uh. He goes, he goes, you're welcome. And then just walks away. It's the it's the only good part of the movie, I think. Do you think that was his idea? That sounds like <laughs> his they, writing. I don't even think they he didn't even knew they were filming at the time. <laughs> that sounds about right. It's not doesn't work for me, brother. You're going to talk. <laughs> um but yeah i asked because um so like 95 this era of wcw especially is something that i've never gone back and watched okay. until this podcast so um are you like how familiar are you with early 95 wcw uh i mean like i know of like every wrestler that i saw on the card i knew like i don't think mm -hmm. there was anyone that like and i knew like other alter egos to them and stuff so like there was no big surprises there um, as for like the backstage stuff, I don't know too much to be honest. Like you could have called this a WWF show. Like it just felt like an old school, like if you really? change the commentators, like it just, if you put Vince up there and instead of Tony, I, I would have said it was a WCW or WWF match. Cause like there was nothing really, this is like, I, I feel like this is right before like nitro is going to like, obviously it's before NWO, but I think it's like before like an attitude change with both in wrestling in general. Um, yeah, but I mean, it was, it was all right. Um, <laughs> there were some things like, uh, uh, Colonel Parker being out there and like them using, like, I don't I don't understand it. Why in the nineties that it was a big thing to use. The bad guys were always big guys or truckers. I don't know. It was always the thing <laughs> or uh, prisoners or yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. But it was that's what, the whole lines. thing tonight. I think anybody who was like a bad guy tonight was a fat guy or a trucker. Dude, I've been so I've been watching these shows chronologically since like the middle of 94. And you're like 100 percent right, because if it's not a uh, 
it's it's someone some big bald guy in a cutoff like whatever they are yeah. there's there's some job they do with a trash man uh police officer it's it's something of the same thing and it all kind of starts to blend together after a while but even like within this one show everything kind of blended together to a certain extent um but yeah like just to set the scene here so hogan um we're about we're a few months into hogan at this point in wcw but pre-nwo so it's this weird period where He's still doing the red and yellow stuff. It's not like the crowd. The crowd is into it, but maybe not as into it as they were maybe in the early 90s. Um, but they're still kind of going with it because he's by far the biggest name they got, you know, other than Flair. Um, but they're really, really going hard with Hogan at this point. And just, you know, just I don't, we don't you know, bring up every segment on this show. But man, were there a lot of yelling promos backstage. Yeah. Uh, what was it? Sherry or what's her name? Yeah. Uh, she uh, screamed yeah. a lot. Yeah. Sister Sherry. Uh, yep. And then Avalanche was back there. He yelled at the camera just to yell. Yep. And so did uh, so did Booker T. So did Stevie Ray. So did Hulk Hogan. Um, mm. Who am I missing? I feel like there's another big Vader. Can't forget Vader. Vader. Did, uh, I don't understand why they needed security for their own number one contender for their title. <laughs> you would think there's something they can do about it. You know, like either fire the dude or he's not number one contender. Yeah. Can't like keep regular staff around. <laughs> it's worth a call to HR at the very least. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, man. So just like kind of jumping into the show. So Ric Flair apparently is in the building, according to the commentary, which is Funny because he just retired a few months ago, so they're already kind of planting seeds for his comeback, it seems. Um, and another thing about just WCW shows in general, because you, you went and you said that it felt like a WWF pay-per-view, and I disagree in this one sense because the way that WCW paced their shows was bizarre because it starts off, right? It's hot. They have the video package. They have the pyro. Everybody's excited, and then it just goes to commentary and they just talk for a long time. Yeah, that's that there's a different tone with that, I agree. Because I think uh, with WWF, they instead I think they would have cut right to Vader in the parking lot just yes. harassing limo drivers. Right. Uh, where uh WCW have to put some kind of colored commentary on everything. Yeah, and I was just like thinking like in the the context of somebody who's there live like it's just dead silent for like the first 10 minutes. It's just like a weird, like you, you like start with like a speed bump almost. So it was yeah, kind of bizarre. Like, absolutely. And like you said, it starts off, they cut to a uh, Vader backstage. I think it was earlier in the night or maybe it was right at that moment. He's uh he's looking for flair. I believe is that, the, or is he just going berserk? I think he's just, I think he's looking for no. Cause he's in the car with flair. So I think they send uh, that's an interview right. team out there to investigate like what's going like, oh, I think Fla- Vader's here. And then I think mm-hmm. he comes out and then they're like, oh, there's a blonde and there was some women. So it's Flair. Right. Very clearly Flair. Um, <laughs> Vader grabs a limo driver by the throat, asks him, oh, he's looking for Hogan. He's looking for Hogan. That's it. Even though he's mm-hmm. literally facing him in the main event. So, hey, but right, you have just like, be in the you ring have a contract <laughs> that says you meet him in two hours. Like, what's the bro? <laughs> do do some Hindu squats backstage. Get ready. Drink some right. water. Stay hydrated. You'll get him. Chill. <laughs> um, and then Vader, he's, he, no, no one's telling him where Hogan is. So he just punches a car window. You know, the, the the typical thing to do. Because, right. 
<laughs> the cleanest car window smash I've ever seen in my life, by the way. I don't know if you noticed that. Even like this, and it just well, all I think came... this is this is definitely I think a right around that did uh, Goldberg already break his hand from punching one that wasn't supposed to be a prop by this time. I don't know if that was yet. That was, that was a few. We're still a few years from Goldberg, I believe. Okay, all right. Um, but yes, that that was it's, it became a theme with WCW for sure over the years. <laughs> Um. <laughs> then they cut to Vader. Still, nobody's able to wrangle him. I guess. Uh, he interrupts a dark match, which is hilarious. I think it was. Uh, yeah. It, cool. it was Buff Bagwell and Patriot versus some other jobbers. Who gives a fuck? But Vader just comes I in. I think it was and just like two different Patriots. Yeah, he just destroys all of them for no reason. Right. I forget what their name is. I, I literally just covered them in my last WCW review, but who cares? Um. But yeah, so Vader's running amok. And then uh, comes back to commentary. And then now we're off finally to the first match. Paul Roma versus Alex Wright. Uh, I guess. And another thing with these shows, they don't really lay out the story behind these matches. There's not a lot of video packages other than like the main event. So I didn't know why these guys were fighting. It was weird that like this match was almost like he, this is here just to show you Alex win. <laughs> like that's all it was. Right. Cause he just, they, he had some timing issues. He's very athletic. I could tell that this is like, mm-hmm. he, I, this is probably him still being green at this time. Uh, this but is this is totally second was just match. like, it was this, it was this a second match. Okay. So it really yeah. just felt like the local hero winning his match. Uh, right. a local <laughs> event. Like that's just what it felt like. I mean, yeah. I don't know. Even though he's German. <laughs> yeah, but I, I, I definitely hear what you're saying, though. It, that did. It was just like, I don't know, man. So so the match starts. Paul Roma. So Alex is doing his dance, which uh, I forget what Alex Wright's dance was. Can, can you can you refresh my memory? It was like the I want to call it the twist. <laughs> I don't know what it was. <laughs> it was like some kind of like he was like a, he had a snake in his boot or something. Oh, I see. I was hoping you would jump up on, on the table and dance for me, but maybe Absolutely maybe next not. time. No, no, no. You're on a bootio shirt. You have you gotta be. <laughs> They'll dance, is. not me. That's why they, I buy their oh. shirts. No one buys my shirts. <laughs> I'll accept it. Um, but yeah, Alex Wright is doing his little dance because that's what he does. And then uh, Paul Roma attacks him as he's mid dance, which is dastardly as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> what a, what um, a bad guy. <laughs> and then yeah, it's some chain wrestling in the beginning and it feels like paul roma kind of controls most of the match the match it felt slow to me i don't know about you because it, it, it's two young guys they, they look like mm-hmm. they can go but it felt like just a lot of rest holds in this match yeah. i don't know if you got that impression yeah. well because like i don't want to jump too far ahead but it was like they were almost waiting for paul orndorff or orndorff to come down yeah because like they're just both like looking at the Titan Tron being like, all right, when's when's it happening? When's it coming down? Yeah, exactly. Um, so yeah, like you said, Paul Orndorff comes out like I don't know four minutes in or so. Um, Why does he come out in full wrestling attire? He doesn't have a match tonight. <laughs> you gotta always be prepared. You never know what's so. gonna happen. You have Vader running around destroying. He could destroy somebody, and he might have to replace him in a match. I guess. So. Um, He's a veteran. He knows what he's doing. Okay. Um, maybe the robe was a bit unnecessary. I'll give you that. But um, <laughs> so, I almost feel like the robe was needed if he was just going to come down in just trunks. Then I'd right. be like, oh, this is a triple threat. <laughs> Cash is in. Um, but yeah, so not a lot to this match. Towards the end, 
uh, Alex Wright. He hits a top rope cross body, and it looks like Paul Roma was supposed to catch him. That's what it looked like, but he, Roma yeah. kind of just stumbles back and falls. Yeah, that's and, what the people backstage were hoping for. Yeah. <laughs> and then, um, so Alex Wright lands on top of Roma, but Alex Wright, like half his body is outside of the ring, but the ref counts anyways, because fuck it, I guess. What was and that? Then, and, then he, um, and then Paul breaks up the pin because like it wasn't official. I would right. break it too. <laughs> like, like, like Paul Orndorff touching his leg is what made that pin illegal. Like this dude's half is his whole lower body's on the floor. Like right. I've always took it we... as like, if you could see the shadow of the rope on the wrestler, it's a rope break. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, like you said, Paul Orndorff breaks up the pin. So Alex Wright's looking at Paul Orndorff like, what the fuck? And then Roma tries to take advantage in the ring by attacking Alex Wright from behind. But Alex uh, evades, and he rolls up Paul Roma for the quick win. So Alex Wright gets the win here. Like you said, the local, you know, don't, don't mind you that he's German and they're in Maryland. The <laughs> local hometown kid uh, gets the win. Yep. <laughs> um, yeah, it was, it was kind of a nothing match for me. Yeah, same. I mean... I don't know what they were trying to do with getting the crowd hyped up, but I guess Alex Wright is the guy to do it. Your your uh, local uh, blue eyed blonde haired German man, right? <laughs> You're saying this match didn't get you hyped up for the rest of the show? You know what? I think what what uh, Harlem Heat and Cherry coming up. I think hyped it up enough. This felt mm. like a kickoff show. I was just waiting for him to connect, uh, connect to or go right back over to like Renee Young. For her, <laughs> was else was on the countdown before we were hitting the main main card. Yeah, that dude, that's one hundred percent accurate. It did feel like like a kickoff pre-show, like you something you'd mm. watch on the TV guide as you saw the other channels. Um, and another little tidbit here. So allegedly, Paul, so Paul Roma, when he got pinned, he kicked out at like three point one, and apparently the backstage people didn't like that. And I allegedly, this is what he got fired after it. Oh wow! Who knows? <laughs> uh, it's, it's shame, shame. We, we don't get any more Paul Roma to to, to, to watch. Yeah, womp, womp. him and his amazing cells of not selling any moves and not wanting to be pinned. <laughs> Thoughts and prayers. <laughs> Best in his future endeavors for sure. Yeah, right. We'll see what happens with him. I mean, you're the one watching chronologically. Let me know when he shows up again. <laughs> I I will not. I'm gonna skip the rest of his matches. I think. I think it's what I'm gonna do. Um, but. After that, oh man, if you thought that was hot, now we got Jim Duggan, Hacksaw Jim Duggan versus Bunkhouse Buck, accompanied by Colonel Robert Parker and Ming, of course. Right. Um, so this is a weird period for Jim Duggan because it's he's still even in '94, he's kind of he's definitely past his prime. Oh, um, absolutely. You could tell when he came out. Yeah, I mean he. He still has his two by four. He's still yelling ho and USA, but that's pretty much the extent of what yeah, this was. That's a, he just randomly yells USA throughout the match too. <laughs> yeah. Which is weird. Even, so the whole, like, once again, no story is laid out by commentary. There's no video package, but as somebody who's viewing this kind of out of context. So you have Jim Duggan, who's, who's, whose character is what all American blue collar guy. Mm-hmm. You got Buckhouse Buck, who is all American, blue collar guy. So, like, why do I hate one guy for being blue collar, but I like the other guy? Is it, 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 it watching it from the outside? You're almost just like, are they fighting over the wood? <laughs> I 
That's probably it. You know what? <laughs> I need to go watch this match back with that context, and I'll probably enjoy it more. Well, like the finish was just like Duggan just doing like this falling clothesline, <laughs> it which was, was weird. There were a lot of shitty finishes on this mat or on this show, but this is this could have been the worst. Oh, so, this one was bad. <laughs> it was once again. There's not a lot to this match. It was I would honestly say it was better than the opening match, bizarrely, given the people involved. But, yeah, just because of hacksaw, like that, <laughs> that just doesn't. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, we joke about it, but man, when he yells ho, the people there in people Baltimore, yell they ho. yell ho. They yell yeah. ho. They love USA there. Um, but the end, so Buck whips Duggan into Colonel Parker by accident. So Colonel mm. Parker, he, who's on the apron, he gets knocked off the apron. Um, and then Duggan just he goes into his three-point stance and then just runs and makes his body hit Buck. That's like all. Oh, that's the only way I can describe. It wasn't quite yeah. a clothesline. It wasn't quite a shoulder, shoulder tackle. But it was somewhere in between. No, you could see the indent of, of Hacksaw's nipple on the other guy's face. Like you could oh. tell he did not hit the spot right. Right. Yeah. See, that's why you're here. You you know you have the nuance. You bring the nuance mm-hmm. to the table. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so that gets dug in the win. A really weak looking tackle, and then just a, a weird pin. Like it was just. And so Duggan wins, but like, what are the stakes? What's the storyline here? It was just like, I don't know. At, at no point Rick, was this. Was it? Was this match just to put Mang over? Because like he comes <laughs> out and attacks everybody in the end, and that like, was the best part. He's the one who stands victorious over this, not Bunkhouse. Dude, that was by far the best part because the crowd was barely into it during the match. But then Mang comes in, he gives uh, Duggan a savat kick. The crowd goes bananas. And yeah, it just seemed like he dug in, felt like he was in control the whole time, which is weird because he's the baby face. So it's yeah. like at no point did I think he was in peril. Right. Was this just like a, the, the, the beginning of the dug and go home tour, which yeah. lasts still to this day. He's still on that tour. Yeah. And, and for added context, just to make it even better, this is fresh after Jim Duggan squashed Steve Austin. Oh really? Like a few months after, I think Steve, at this point Austin is injured. But um, man, it's just and well, looking in hindsight, it, it is crazy right. <laughs> how things turn out. I mean, next I really want to get into the brothers match, brother versus brother. Is this your favorite match of the show? Uh, this, you know what? This was a match of the show. Was it my favorite? <laughs> I don't know. It was my favorite Sullivan match of the show. Yeah, it was my favorite Sullivan match. I will give it that. I will give it two <clears throat> solid Sullivans. <laughs> um but uh this match literally prompted me to to tweet out has Kevin Sullivan ever had a match that was not awful and <laughs> why is this guy still out there doing stuff by 1995 like wh- what who does he well cuz he's the booker right like that's why I think so he's he's getting these matches for no reason right i can't remember I, I don't know i'm not sure of my timeline i know he's the booker at some point like especially like to the end of of wcw yeah and i just feel like he's like man we just we just i don't know what to fill that third match slot with i guess i could call my brother <laughs> cuz everybody Loves Dave Sullivan. <laughs> Dave Sullivan. Oh, who God. is winded four minutes into this match. They look like they were wrestling a 50-minute match, and the bell just rang. And to add on to that, this is not their first match on pay-per-view. I will tell you this. This is... No, no, no. There was so much money in their previous matchups that they were like, you know what? 
we need to throw these lads out there again because the crowd eats it up. Wow. Okay. All right. Oh, okay. Do, do you know the story behind this match? I don't know the story. I So, like, I tried following what the promos were, but, like, Some wasn't a the lot. Sullivan just kept getting in the way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, if you hadn't watched the previous shows, there's no way you would know. But, so the story here is that Dave Sullivan loves Hulk Hogan. Kevin Sullivan does not love Hulk Hogan. So this match is just putting Hogan over? <laughs> literally, dude, literally. Because that their uh one of their previous matches, Dave, he came out, he came out dressed like Hogan. He had music that was similar to Hogan. He's just a Hogan fanboy. So that's his character. And this is this is why Bad Butcher was out there. Is that is that because he, oh. he used to be Butcher used to be Hogan's friend and now he's the bad guy. You're opening up a can of worms here. So the whole story here. Oh no. Is that Butcher attacked Hogan. So he he was a mask. He was under a mask, but he attacked Hogan with a pipe. You know, because everyone attacks somebody as with a all pipe. friends do. Because at some point we, we live in Clue, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> and so he attacks Hogan with a pipe at a, at a Clash of Champions sometime like last summer or something. But um, then it's eventually revealed that it's the Butcher, aka Brutus Beefcake, and. I don't really know what their what their beef is, but there is a beef cake for sure, huh? We're having fun. Yeah, we're having fun. We're having I like fun. that. I see what you did there. <laughs> um, and then the last paper you actually man evented with Hogan versus Butcher in a okay. uh, in a barn burner. You should go check that out for sure. You, you know what? I won't. You know what? I won't. <laughs> I won't do that. No, I think I'll do literally anything else. Actually, yeah. Uh, you know what? <laughs> um. But yeah, there's a whole, there's a whole, you know, so Butcher hates Hogan, therefore he hates Dave, I guess, I guess it's a tie-in. Um, right. So, and then the, the finish of this is that Kevin throws his brother into Butcher's head and mm-hmm. that's how he gets the win. Correct. So they're putting over on commentary during this match about, um, not putting over, maybe it's the wrong word, but Butcher, I guess was in a parasailing accident, which I think is real. I'm pretty sure it didn't actually happen. I'm sure it was like he cut himself and he's like, can we just say parasailing? He broke his face, okay? (laughs) (laughs) At least that's the impression I got because like you said, uh, Kevin throws Dave, which is eerily similar to the last match. Kevin throws Dave into Butcher and Butcher is, like you said, he's grabbing his face. He's he's in so much pain from getting Dave Sullivan's stupid body whipped into him. And um, then Kevin capitalizes on this by rolling up Dave in a really weak looking roll up. I think he grabbed the tights. I'm not sure. Maybe he's just trying to take them off. Who knows? Maybe. Um, so Kevin, another weird, weak roll up finish here. Kevin Sullivan gets the win. It's, it's baffling that WCW thinks anyone cares about either of these guys. But like, does this mean that like Kevin Sullivan's dad called only one of his sons to tell him he loved him that night? <laughs> Dude, that's like, you're joking, but that literally would have made it like, okay, well, I guess there's that would have been like the, yeah, like for real. Oh, uh, I, I guess so. So maybe yeah, like, you know, again, you're adding these content, these layers that I wish I would have had watching the show. <laughs> <laughs> um, otherwise, yeah, not a lot to this match, but uh, can only go up from there. Right. I guess. Right. <laughs> so before we get to the next match, there was like a, a, uh, a was a segment with uh, Bubba, Big Bubba Rogers. And Avalanche as they t- yell at the camera. Of course. And they're, the whole time they've been doing these promos, um, there's a mirror behind them. 
have you I don't know if you paid attention to that at all. Oh, I didn't know. So like at one point, uh big boss man pretty much, he goes and does this big heated promo, and then you just see him walk off camera, grab his Mountain Dew, take a swing <laughs> of it, and just stand there waiting for Avalanche to finish his bit. It's yeah, yeah. the best it, it that is the best part of this pay-per-view is seeing just just seeing him just walk over and grab his Mountain Dew. <laughs> That is, I I need to go back. I actually do need to go back and watch that because Mountain Dew just makes so much sense for Boss Man here. (laughs) Right? Like, it just makes sense for anyone who's a big guy is obviously drinking as much Mountain Dew back there as they can. That's how it works. Gets them all hyped up, right? Mountain Dew is what they call it. Whatever they got to do. Sweating and yelling at the camera. Um, But after that, we have a match that's finally something decent. We have uh, the World Tag Team titles are on the line. The uh, champions, the Harlem Heat, of course, Booker T and Stevie Ray, along with Sister Sherry, versus the Nasty Boys, Brian Knobs and Jerry Sags. So um, it's funny because Sherry was managing Ric Flair until he retired, but she was sensuous Sherry. So I'm almost wondering if W... Because she was sensational sherry in wwf correct yes so i'm almost wondering if there was like a cease and desist like if that was like too close maybe or maybe they just were like this isn't working let's just change the word where it's just it's too much right that's probably it the wcw fans can't pronounce sensuous yeah Um, yeah is there uh, there a w in there i don't know hell i can't do that man (laughs) (laughs) but um yeah so a, a pretty decent match um, I'm quickly becoming in watching these shows. I'm becoming a fan of the Nasty Boys. I have to say, because okay. uh, before all I knew of them was uh, whenever they made appearances in Hogan Knows Best. So, so I don't know. If- That's the only time I've ever seen the Nasty Boys. I right. This is my only match I think I've ever watched of them. I don't understand the hype, but it's probably because I haven't followed anything that these guys have done. But mm-hmm. I just I seeing these guys. Uh, compared to the big, almost seven foot tall uh, Harlem Heat and how stacked they are compared to these guys. Like, mm. how are these guys going to win this match? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, I don't know. Maybe it's a guilty pleasure of mine, but the Nasty Boys are just fun. Or maybe it's just because everything else was so terrible up to this point that I was like, oh, some entertainment. Um, and of course, you know, Booker T, Stevie Ray, like all day, every day. I'll watch those guys. Right. And both teams, so they both make their entrances. They're both staring each other down, jaw jacking with each other. And I bring this up because this is the first time in this show where it felt like the two people fighting had like heat with each other. Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, even with the two brothers before you, I mean, you could tell it was just like uh, the show. It was the pageantry of it. Like this, there was actual heat here. And it actually felt like, dare I say it, a big fight feel. When yeah. you had the, them yelling at each other, exactly. Yeah, and I meant to met, even mention that because, it, it, like, the Sullivan match, it felt like they were just doing their job. Like, it felt mm-hmm. like they were clocking in. Like, oh, god damn, I gotta, gotta do this for a little bit, and then, and then they clock out, and then they're like, they're just completely separated from it emotionally. Right. Exactly. Um, like you said, this match, it felt like there was like some animosity between the two uh, entities in this match. And, you know, to add on to that, there's clear stakes, tag title match, the first title match of the show, um, which is bizarre because they usually have like a TV title, a U.S. title, but none of that. This There's only two titles on this whole show. 
that were yeah. up for grabs. Yeah, because up to this point, I've been covering these, and it feels like it's nothing but title matches. But yeah, really, uh, really weird here. But uh, the crowd's really into this match. Once they get going, the Nasty Boys, uh, they take control early. They're, they're working the legs of the Harlem Heat. So, man, not only do you have stakes and animosity, but you have some psychology going into this match. The, the smaller Nasty Boys trying to chop down uh, the Harlem Heat Boys. But uh, at some point, Sherry gets involved. She climbs up to the top rope with her heel in hand and tries mm. to bash Brian Nobbs with it. But he, she misses and accidentally hits Booker T. And then Brian Nobbs, roll, once again, Brian Nobbs rolls up Booker T for the win. But once again, Booker T's all in the ropes and shit. But the ref doesn't care once again, I guess. Right. Like I, this whole finish just yeah. stunk. It was bad. <laughs> like, I don't the logic of the whole the ref coming down and being like, no, 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 no. This is me. And then they're like, well, are we just going to ignore like things balance out with Sherry mm-hmm. jumping off the top rope and then them landing underneath the ropes like that? Like, that's how wrestling works. It's give and take. There's a balance yeah. to, <laughs> to how these things work in karma in wrestling. So them just to be like, and now the referees are going to look at the uh, replay box and see what they think about it. Uh. Like, <laughs> When the rest, when wrestling does this in general, it's just so oddball because like if they would have done, why are we doing this on the, what is this? The fourth match of the night. Mm-hmm. Like why have, why aren't the other messed up finishes that we've seen the rest of the night? Right. Like this. So the referee has to have someone else run down and be like, enough is enough. We need to, there's no more tomfoolery. This is what really happened. <laughs> well, I'll tell you because whatever heels getting involved, uh, managers getting in there, interrupting matches. That's all fine. But God damn it, what I will not tolerate is throwing your opponent over the top rope. Mm-hmm. That's, just, that's that's crossing the line. You're going to put your opponent in danger. The fans didn't come to see all of this high-flying shenanigans over the rope. Nope. None of that. So, but At that point, I would come to the ref and be like, hey, I got this picture here of this pinfall from Alex Wright earlier tonight. I'd love to see how you would call this finish. Yeah. But at that point, the ref's already drinking Mountain Dew, quote unquote, backstage. So what does he care? <laughs> yeah, you're right. You're right. <laughs> but yeah, it's like you said, all of this tomfoolery happening. And so, like Sherry gets involved. People are you know grabbing ropes during pinfalls. But what really does it in the, the final decision of the match is a disqualification via over the top rope. Which mm. it's bizarre that it's still a rule in 1995. Like it, that seems like an 80s, 70s rule. It's weird that it's so recently a rule. I can't believe I remembered it. I, I like, I was like, oh, oh yeah, that was a thing, wasn't it? Yeah. And I wasn't even watching wrestling back then. Right. <laughs> they use it a lot. Like almost once a show, they use this. Um, but yeah, the, the Harlem Heat they retain the titles. And I believe at the next show they have a street fight or a false count in aware match of some sort. So maybe they'll finally solve their differences at uh, at that show. But yeah, anything else on that uh, craziness? No, that just I mean the whole match didn't make sense. No, even though probably the best match of the show so far. Yes, I think so. Just for the charisma involved and just that alone, really. Um, but when you think of charisma. I know what I think of, and that's Blacktop Bully. Oh, really? Because I th- I always think of Dustin Rhodes. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, we have just different viewpoints. <laughs> We're really going to clash on this next match. Cause- yeah, this this is the one. This is the <laughs> match that it happens. It is a match that happens. You're exactly right. 
But this time, Meng is is banned. So I guess cool. So and but they're gonna leave Colonel Parker out there, who who does more uh, harm than Meng does. So okay. Oh God, yeah. It's uh, see, <laughs> so yeah, like you said. So Dusted Rhodes comes out, makes his entrance. Blacktop Bully, who is the former uh, Demolition Smash, by the way, if you can yes. score at home. Um, he comes out with Colonel Parker and Mang, and it feels like they take like five fucking minutes to get Mang out of there. <laughs> like it's this whole ordeal. Yeah, it's a whole big thing. Nick Bockwinkle's out there, the uh, commissioner, I believe is his title. Yeah. There's like this whole conversation between them. Like, hey, listen, like it's this whole negotiation. Like, just, just kick him out. Right. <laughs> you run the show. You have the authority. <laughs> like, he is an employee of this <laughs> company. Say no. You can literally fire him. You, that that is a thing. <laughs> um, but the crowd pops for it once they announce it. So maybe maybe I'm wrong. Who knows? Yeah, maybe we don't know. But uh, the backstory here. So a lot of times in my reviews, I watch like the TV shows leading up to it. Um, but this is pre Nitro, and this is the Saturday Night WCW Saturday Night era. And on, on Peacock, they only have them up to ninety three. So unless I'm gonna Damn. go search out. 95 WCW Saturday nights on a weird, you know, Chinese YouTube. I'm not, I don't, that's, I don't care to, <laughs> to, to see that the seeds getting planted for blacktop bully. Like who cares? Like you could have just told me that the Colonel went out there to the parking lot and picked five dudes to wrestle tonight. And that would have been like blacktop and two other guys. We saw. <laughs> yeah. Blacktop bully really just looks like the most jacked guy at a barbecue. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, but I guess what the story, just judging by the quick like video package they showed before this. So I guess Blacktop Bully, he was a fan that attacked Dustin Rhodes during a match on WCW Saturday night. So they arrested Blacktop Bully. I guess that's his real name, by the way. Blacktop Bully. And Colonel Parker bailed him out because he is a rich white man after all. I don't know if you could tell that. I could, I could see both the white and the rich in that <laughs> man's gimmick. That didn't get past you. Um, so I guess Blacktop Bully kind of owes his, his debt to Colonel Parker or some sort of whatever. But um, So we got Dustin Rhodes versus Smash here, the match everybody came to see. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's this whole story with Dustin Rhodes and Colonel Parker. They had a War Games match a few months ago where it was you know, Dusty Rhodes was there along with the Nasty Boys versus Colonel Parker, Mang, Arn Anderson, Buckhouse Buck. So there's this whole like clash of kind of tribes there. And it just keeps, they keep dragging it along. And now they brought in Bully here. Um, like you mentioned, Mang is banned from ringside. So uh, that's just kind of, kind of an even match, even though Colonel Parker's out there. But um it's very similar to the Buckhouse Buck Jim Duggan match in that, like every time it seemed like Dustin had control most of the time. It was just a weird heel face dynamic. Like every time Bully would get the upper hand, Dustin would counter him and cut him off, and it just felt slow to me. I don't know if that's the impression you got. Yeah, it. There was this is just like the first match. There was just like a lot of holds. Yeah. Like I don't know. I feel like. I would have rather have seen instead of Dustin Rhodes versus Blacktop Bully, I would have rather have seen Goldust versus Smash. Yeah, uh, it would have been a lot more entertaining match. Yeah, I, I I agree with you. Like these are these are two 
uh, somewhat talented people in the ring. Like, go, like that, nothing against Dustin Rhodes because he yeah. gets he gets a lot better. But I feel like these are two athletes that you just strip the best part of them as their gimmicks. Right. And now what are we watching here? Uh, uh, the the a second generation wrestler versus a trucker. Right. <laughs> yeah, and it was like so. Dustin Rhodes actually in this era is pretty good. Generally, this match is kind okay. of an exception. Like he's had really good matches with like Arn Anderson, uh, even Bunkhouse Buck. They had a, a couple pretty good matches, um, but this one was kind of an outlier. It didn't seem yeah, like I don't know if it's it the chemistry because it really just felt like they were just kicking in the water. Like I just yeah having a hard time. Yeah, and you kind of alluded to it, but it kind of seemed like the first match, and everything's kind of blending together because it's, it's just like you know, babyface versus like you said, like Chucker or some adjacent yeah. character to that. Um, but yeah, so towards the end, Colonel Parker gets involved. Who would have knew? Gets on the apron, and uh, Dustin suplexes him into the ring. Crowd goes crazy for it. Um, well, so the Colonel he puts his leg up on the rope in front of the ref like the ref saw it <laughs> i no. would have kept counting <laughs> excuse me wcw refs are very stupid i don't know if you knew this my bad also blind that's weird it's weird they chose them for the job honestly in hindsight. right right because like even like in the tag match later you could just tell the refs are just struggling to get distracted yeah yeah um but uh dustin then tries to suplex bolt blacktop bully from the apron into the ring but that dastardly colonel parker grabs dustin's feet Bully lands on top of Dustin and Colonel keeps holding on to Dustin's legs so he can't kick out. So Blacktop Bully gets the win here because the ref didn't see it. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, this match is just too long, honestly, for me. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Like, I don't understand the point of this. This should have been held off for Saturday, I guess. Yeah. And like you said, this, this instead of Super Brawl, this show should have been called Why Is This Match Happening? Right. Because that's like like it you it should have just been somewhat brawl. That's what they should have just called it. <laughs> Mediocre brawl. <laughs> yeah. Um but yeah, so that's a match that happened. It is a match that happened. I'll give you that. All these matches are kind of similar. It's a lot of rest holds. It's a lot of like I feel like I'm not even talking about these matches because it was just like here here's a headlock for 10 minutes and then we'll do the finish. Yeah, yeah. I mean there was no big spots that I was like, "Ooh," or "Wow, what a what a finish." That, yeah. That this really just felt like it was bad guy versus good guy and here is a cookie cutter way to do every single one of them. Yeah. And it's a weird period for WCW because that's a, a common template they follow. Like I said this is pre-Nitro, this is pre-NWO. This is like they're trying to figure things out. Like 95 is just a down period, both for WCW and WWF. Yeah, because I feel like with WCW, they're really trying to figure out the WWF formula. Is right. what it, maybe that's what I'm seeing here, because I felt like there was a lot here that I really reminded me of uh, a, a classic WWF show. And I think they're taking the formula that they're seeing from the WWF being the only place that's really on television mm-hmm. and trying to figure out how to make it their own. And some things are hitting and missing. So like you said, like the commentating to, at the beginning sucks here, but it probably worked at Nitro. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And it's weird. Cause like, you know, I guess the early nineties, yeah. WCW, which is just like the pure wrestling company, just a bunch mm-hmm. of guys in trunks and boots jostling in the ring. 
But uh, and then you have WWF, which is all these colors and the pageantry and the fireworks and all that stuff. So it's like WCW is trying to enter that realm of entertainment where they're trying to have these like outlandish characters. Like we just saw the prisoner, I guess what he was. Um, yeah. Colonel Parker, stuff like that. But it's just not they have all the puzzle pieces, but they're putting the wrong pieces together. Right. I think all the characters that they're they're making are the characters that are losing to the known wrestlers. Like everyone yeah. knows the people who are winning these matches are it's pretty much they, these are the people that we bought. So mm-hmm. these are the people who are going to be winning these matches. Yeah. Yeah. Essentially. Um, but then after that, we have mean Gene Okerlund is ringside and he brings mm-hmm. out Ric Flair, the retired Ric Flair. So he comes out in his suit. He's just there to watch the show. Don't worry, everybody. He's not going to get involved at all. Just there to watch the show. Yeah, he says he's just going to go over and sit with all of his women, and then he goes sits by himself. There's <laughs> there's no women around him. He's like, I'm going to go sit by my ladies. And then they show him just walk over and sit, and then a fan's yelling at him from behind. Because you can see him just keep like looking back at somebody mm. and just being like, hey, shut up back there. But there's no women. There's What is this? Man, are we are we finding out here that Ric Flair is probably just a virgin? <laughs> right? He's just he's Steve Carell's character. <laughs> 60 year old virgin or however old virgin yeah. is at this point. <laughs> yeah, man, I didn't even notice that. That's hilarious. But, um, so yeah, he says, and it, it's a weird in this promo, it's a quick promo, it's a whatever promo, but the, it was a weird phrasing because Ric Flair said that he's been on the shelf, which mm. implies that he's going to be off the shelf eventually. Right. I just assumed he was injured until you told me about this whole retirement thing that was coming up nope. or that had happened. Yeah. It sounded like he was injured. Right, it did, but nope, he's he's no more matches for Ric Flair ever in his career ever again. Yeah, but I could also I've never seen a man um, talk so much shit and not wink his eye, but it looked like he was winking his eye the right. whole time he was talking shit. <laughs> That's just him. That's his resting. Like some people yeah, have resting bitch so. face. He has like, resting wink. There's face. no way I'll get into this match, and he doesn't wink his eye. You're waiting for it, but you know he's just gonna be like, yeah, uh huh. <laughs> you feel it inside of him. Yeah. Um, so like you said, he goes to the, he goes and just is celibate at ringside by himself. Well, great, uh, great Muta is like four yes. seats down for some reason. Yeah. I guess I figured he, he'd I think he should have gotten a bigger pop if they would have known. Right. Well, the last we saw of great Muta was a few months ago when he faced Steve Austin, which is a match that happened. Uh, once again, the finish of that match was an over the top disqualification. <laughs> so, mm. so he's just here to be salty about that, I guess. He's just making sure he doesn't get thrown over that top rope. That's all it's really yeah, happening. He's, he's, he probably complained when when he when it happened in Harlem Heat, and he's like, "Hey, wait a minute! Hey, wait! He brought <laughs> brought somebody in. They're like, you know what? You're right. We'll send a ref out." Man, that that is deep. That, that that's, <laughs> that's long term storytelling at its finest. <laughs> right there. Yep. That's how that's how they won the Monday Night Wars, man. Yeah. <laughs> It's all great mood is doing. Mm-hmm. Um, but this match here might have been my match of the night, personally, which is weird just with the characters involved. So you have Avalanche and Big Bubba Rogers versus mm-hmm. Randy Savage and Sting. So this is uh, Macho Man's, I don't know if this is his first WCW match, but it's his first pay per view WCW okay. match. He just came to the company, the last pay-per-view, so he's still really fresh. And uh, so is Avalanche, too. He also made his uh, debut a few months ago. And then, obviously, you have Sting there, who's already, like, the standard bearer for WCW. And then you have Big Bubba Rogers, which is a hilarious story in itself because he came in as the boss 
And as we all know, Big Bubba Rogers as Big Boss Man from WWF. So he came into WCW as the boss. Vince McMahon is like, well, goddamn, pal. That's that's too close to Big Boss Man. So they change his name. They they take away his nightstick. They make him change his whole aesthetic. And they change his name to The Guardian Angel. And then okay. apparently that doesn't work out for whatever reason. He he, tur- he turns heel here. Yeah, because it's the guardian angel. Yeah, it's yeah. Who, what did you expect? <laughs> he was. I, I thought he would come out with wings and stuff and like a right. Like, a is he an X Men character? No. What is this? <laughs> that would have been better. No, he was just a guy with a shirt and pants. Um. Then now he's as we all are <laughs> at some point. Uh. But now he's Big Bubba Rogers, which I guess because he recently turned heel. And I guess with a heel turn comes a name change. So um, so now he's Big Bubba Rogers. And I don't know the context, but I don't want to know because it's hilarious to me. that Yeah, leave, leave the mystery. That he just decides that now he's going to wear fedoras and pinstripe suits mm-hmm. and sunglasses. Yeah, I guess that's his thing. Uh, he, just, he should have came down with some lemonade. Yeah. Like that would have just completed the character. <laughs> I would have loved it. would have loved it. <laughs> Um, uh, can we talk about how Avalanche does he not know that flexing at your opponent does zero damage because that's all he did this entire match was just I, th- I think I think he was trying to summon snow from something from something from Mount Everest Washington which is where he's from <laughs> what are the odds he's born in Mount Everest and he gets named Avalanche who would have thought um, so uh, the match Gets underway. Uh, Sting knocks Bubba to the outside. Macho Man hits a double axe handle from the top rope, which probably was the biggest pop of the entire show. Uh, I think it was like Macho's first involvement. So the crowd is just probably itching to get hit, see him get involved. Um, Macho Man gets in. He's legal. He, he kind of dominates Bubba for a little bit. And he kind of he beats him into his corner, and then he just slaps the shit out of Earthquake, which is it made me pop for whatever. Ooh, <laughs> it made me tingle hearing those slaps. <laughs> um, learned a lot about you today. So Macho Thank Man <laughs> gets he uh, and by the way, Macho Man he sees Flair ringside, and he keeps trying to invite him into the ring. So I guess yeah, yeah, which is my one of the better parts of the match. I think is him just being like, "Come on, let's just make it another tag match." <laughs> Um, but Flair, hey, he's retired, don't you know? So he can't get in the ring because he's retired. Maybe, right. maybe Macho Man did get the memo. So the match keeps going on. It, the match is hype. I mean, I don't know. Like I say, it could have been just a low bar that's been set thus far, but the crowd is really into it. They love seeing Macho Man. They already love Sting. So it seems like every bit of offense they hit, the crowd just eating up. Well, it's also like it's been almost t- over 20 years since this match. So... It's just cool to see Sting and Macho Man in, yeah. in action like this again. Because you don't, I mean, nowadays you don't see it that often. You got to actually pull up some of this content. But just to see the colorful Macho Man actually mm-hmm. doing some moves on WCW television, it was it was a lot of fun. Right. Yeah, because we see Macho Man and Sting later on, but that's like black shirt, black pants, Macho Man with the hat. Mm-hmm. Like, and then Sting is Sting. But yeah, like, yeah. Exactly. It's it's crazy to see these guys in the same like match because it feels like they're kind of yeah, different. I, I almost want to say like the attire that Macho Man wears tonight is the same one he wears in all the Slim Jim commercials. <laughs> it probably is. It probably is. Um, so Sting body slams Earthquake because he's a big, strong boy. Then, he's a heavy boy. He's a heavy boy. 
He uh he stump wait. Hold on. Is it earthquake or avalanche? Wait, it's he, avalanche. he was earthquake in WWF, right? Uh you know, it, it depends on what Pokemon type he is, <laughs> but I think in this one he's avalanche. More of a Yu-Gi-Oh man myself, so that's probably why I'm confused. <laughs> uh, um, but uh, whatever, I'm gonna call him Earthquake Avalanche. It's all the same. It's all natural it disaster. I mean, it doesn't matter. It really doesn't matter. Right. He's, he's losing regardless. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's what his name should be: losing regardless. <laughs> if I had a band, that'd be right. <laughs> um. So Bubba nails Sting uh, in the corner because he's illegal so he nails sting but sting falls headfirst into earthquakes balls yeah that was a funny bit that was fun always pop for i that. felt really bad for sting just happened to like just go nose deep into that what do you think it smells like i don't want to it smells like avalanche and earthquake mm. it smells like both <laughs> that's i don't want to smell that so you're probably right <laughs> no one does but sting did no he did he did he came up and all of his face paint was gone it was just in between <laughs> his thighs that's that's where it all that's where the paint went. It's still there today. Some some say. <laughs> um, but then Macho Man won't be outdone by Sting. He body slams Boss Man, and then hits a, a beautiful top rope elbow as per usual from Macho Man. Um, so it was another wonky finish here. So Macho Man hits the elbow onto Boss Man. Sting is in the opposite corner. He nails Earthquake with like a. He like kind of stumbles on the top rope. He kind of hits him with a clothesline to the back. So Earthquake kind of uh, kind of just falls. He like trips over Boss Man, who's laying on the mat prone, and then Sting pins Earthquake. So just like a weak looking finish. Another like well, not not to mention that during all that happening, um, Macho is pinning. Uh, whoever the not other him and I think it's Bubba who are not legal. Yes. And so he pins, he tries pinning Bubba during that whole segment of him tripping over avalanche. And the ref's like, you're not the legal guy. And neither is he. And I think this is happens commonly with macho man right. is that he constantly thinks he's the legal man. I mean, he's even eliminated himself out of the rumble before. So I don't think he pays too much attention. <laughs> he doesn't have the best ring awareness. If you know what I mean? No, <laughs> lots of Mountain Dew, not diet. Yes. Lots of slim gyms and Mountain Dew. Yeah. Will do that to you, but. <laughs> but, um, anybody listening, if you're like, man, the way you guys describe that finish was very confusing. Let me tell you, it's just as confusing if you watch it. So yeah, we 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 verbally represented that very well. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. So whatever, Macho Man and Sting get the win here, and it's it's a lot of like clunkiness in this match, but I thought it was pretty entertaining. Yeah, I agree. Um, there was just a lot. The I mean, it started strong and just really petered out towards the end. But this the. The beginning was fun. I mean, I'll give it to him. Uh, just yeah. macho, just not knowing what he's doing. Just just added that little bit of flavor to the match. Yeah, just a little bit of Slim Jim flavor. That's all yep. anybody needs. But we're here now at the main event. The WCW World Heavyweight title is on the line. The champion Hulk Hogan versus Big Van Vader. So... Uh, Vader has been built up pretty well at this point, just for context. Oh, yeah. If, I mean, I'm rooting for Vader in this match. Yeah. I, I mean, I think this is, they also said this is the first time they faced each other. Is that true? Hmm. It could be. I'm not too uh, familiar on their history. That's what they said, but I don't know if that's just based off like WCW that, or if that, yeah. If there's an actual like history there, but I was, I was hyped. Vader did a really good job of hyping up the main event 
with Hogan having zero TV time, which is great because I yeah. hate Hulk Hogan. <laughs> yeah, let me tell you, Vader is a diamond in a rough in WCW at this point. I I, I love Vader because Vader is before my time, and I, I just love watching him work because he was such a like a like he was legit. Like he was, he, you believed that this guy was going to kick your ass when you when you oh, saw yeah. this guy. Watching it as it's going on, you just see how ferocious he is and how entertaining it is. And then when it's done, you can still laugh at some of his segments mm-hmm. and, and it, it doesn't put anything down on Vader. Vader, I think is an amazing entertainer and he gets the business so well of, of what he has to do as a character to keep this going. All right. Exactly. And you know, it's like everybody else. He's his promos. They're like yelling at the camera, that whole thing. And he's, kind of talking about some goofy shit like all oh, the demons gonna come from the earth and like all that stuff it's, yeah, it's and then weird. he takes his mask off so what are the demons the mask vader uh, is that what it is stop wearing the mask think, <laughs> we can see your face you silly goose. yeah we, it's not doing anything <laughs> but um but like even his promos aside from the goofiness are still very good like they make them yeah if nothing else they make them sound intimidating um just add on to his his presence so but um, so Vader, he won, I think it was two pay-per-views ago. He won a triple threat match to become number one contender. Yeah, they show that in the promo. Right. And then the next show, because at the previous show, uh, Starcade, Hogan faced Butcher for the title. So Vader didn't get his shot at that pay-per-view, but he did get his shot against Jim Duggan for the U.S. title. And Vader beat Jim Duggan for the U.S. title. And was this was essentially just a stepping stone to get to this match, I guess. Okay. Um, so Vader has been looking very strong, lots of wins. He's, he's even the U S champion here, which I think was kind of under the radar, but, um, and then Hogan, Hogan kind of comes off like a bitch in this. I don't know about you. It seems like he's yeah, ducking he Vader. Yeah, he shows the whole pay-per-view and then he just comes out and says, drink your vitamin vitamins. And it, this is cookie cutter Hogan, right? Like everything he does is every move he did, I felt like I've seen this match before. I think I've, I feel like I've seen this match a dozen times. Mm-hmm. There's nothing that Hogan did different than this match. Yeah, and that's everyone that I've brought on to do these WCW shows has said something similar that Hogan, he just had his formula. It's like, we're just going to stick with the formula, and there's nothing, there's nothing, you know, interesting or unique about any of his matches. Um, little things here and there, I guess. Um, I mean, I'm sure they work on a live crowd that you're seeing from, you know, city to city. But people who are watching this regularly are like, they got to be done with this. They got to be over Hogan. Yeah. And they are. They are. They were over with Hogan, over Hogan when he was in WWF, when he beat Yokozuna at WrestleMania. Was it nine? And now he comes to WCW doing the exact same thing. And people are confused why he's not really catching fire as much as they thought. Um, they eventually figure out the formula. Like, I guess <laughs> right. we're, we're a year and a half away from that still at, at this point that we're talking. But so, uh, and by the way, have to mention before we get into the match, the Hogan promo before the match. Did you by any chance count how many brothers he said? Dude, it was ridiculous. Like he, he was forcing them at some points. Like he was putting them in between words that didn't need it. Like, <laughs> I almost felt bad if anyone was taking shots 
because like they would have been toasted and wouldn't have been able to even get through to the bell ringing for the match. Yeah, <laughs> it was a lot of brothers. Like, I don't know if he gets 20. paid for the amount of brothers or oh, what. That would be smart. If that's the case, then I have an egg on my face because that's just him being a good right. businessman, <laughs> right? Because because hacksaw has just been yelling USA. Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> you, you can't copyright that. Yeah, you, dancing with what Brungham, I guess, brother. But the match gets underway, and. Um, Hogan clearly is he, he looks outmatched by Vader which I like you know Vader is yeah. this monster baby face Hogan looks like he's in peril so I do like that how they kind of did that in the beginning um, he, he does his whole he, like Hogan has to change up his usual Hogan thing we, we talked about how he did this match was just like any other match but Hogan did bust out a, a spinning arm bar in this match um on, on a standing Vader, so a little jujitsu from the Hulkster here. Yeah, okay, everyone gets one. <laughs> he does one different thing every match. <laughs> um, but Vader, he, he quickly gets out of it. You know, H- Hogan strikes are, are landing, but they're not phasing Vader. Vader pretty much takes control. He hits a Vader bomb, a power bomb, only for a two counts. Um, then Vader hits a Vader bomb in the corner, the splash for a two count. Vader says, let me up the ante one little bit. Goes up to the top rope. Goes for his beautiful moonsault, but misses. Thank Mm. God, because that would kill any human. Oh, yeah. Looks beautiful, though. Uh, Hogan tries to capitalize. He knocks Vader to the outside and uh, just grabs a steel chair and hits him a few times. I guess it's no DQ. (laughs) Yeah, I guess so. I guess he's just like, hey, Mulligan. And this one's a Mulligan. And this one's a Mulligan. (laughs) <laughs> I'm Hulk Hogan, brother. I'm, I'm signing yeah. your paychecks. <laughs> um, so hits him with the, he hits Vader with the chair a few times. Vader's still on his feet. They get back in the, the ring. The ref's just like, as long as it's not over the top rope, I'm fine with it. <laughs> was it was it Nick Patrick, the ref in this match? Do you remember? I couldn't I couldn't remember who the referee was. I, I got I got before we get to the end of this match. I have a bone to pick with Nick Patrick. This motherfucker. This is pin cadence. I've mentioned it before, but it always infuriates me. Do you know what I'm talking? He he, he hits the mat so lightly, and so yeah, that like, you don't even know. Yeah, that when he finally does touch, you're like, is that a was that a three count? Does that count? Because it, if you don't hear it, you you really don't know where you're sitting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. But uh, they get back in the ring, and uh, Hogan hits the big boot, hits the leg drop, but Vader kicks out at one unbelievably uh hogan has never seen this before so uh this week this week uh the ref gets knocked down at some point who knows it's wcw something happened ref is out uh vader hits a power bomb has hogan beat but the ref is down and cannot make the counts so uh this prompt so then a fan decides to show up and <laughs> decide to do the count <laughs> a drunken fan named rick flair hops right. the barricade because he didn't want he want, didn't want any of macho man but now he gets yeah. in the ring he goes i don't want to wrestle but i'll referee <laughs> i'll make a theoretical count <laughs> i'll be an official <laughs> so um he's retired from wrestling maybe not retired from refereeing maybe that's the loophole yeah. here so uh, Flair gets in the ring, like you said, and he makes a three count. Not official, of course. Hogan gets up. I believe, does he Does he touch Flair at all? Or does Flair just run away? I forget. I think, so doesn't, someone else shows up, don't they, to, to, to kind of uh, interfere after the in the match? match? 
Yes. Okay. Yeah. I don't know if he touches him or not. I can't remember if he does. I just remember him running I, away I, at the end. Yeah. Right. I feel, yeah, I feel like Hogan uh, kind of fights back. Flair, Flair leaves the ring in some way or fashion. So now it's just Hogan and Vader in the ring. Uh, Hogan hits Vader with another boot. Vader doesn't get knocked down, though, still on his feet. And Hogan clotheslines Vader over the top rope. There it is. There it is. If you were like, man, that first over the top rope disqualification, that was so delicious. I'm going to need some more of that. <laughs> right there we it is double dip we get some of that discount double check <laughs> oh man so um honestly i don't even know if it was over the, over the top rope or if it was just flair getting involved but whatever it is it's a disqualification um and your main event for the world title that's been built up for several months we have a disqualification folks on pay-per-view uh, and at this point all hell breaks loose vader and flair are double teaming hogan they uh they have him down they have him beaten but then the Macho Man and Sting come out to make the save. They have steel chairs. They have color. They have face paint. And uh, they run off Vader and Flair. And then bizarrely, so Flair and Vader are like at the, at the top of the ramp. They high five. They're, they seem very happy with Why themselves. Why is Vader happy without this outcome? He got fucked over. Like, you know, like yeah. he's he um, Flair interferes. He gets disqualified. Mm-hmm. So the and how does he like? Yeah, look at me, look at me. Like, dude, you 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 didn't walk out with a title, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> when why are you buddying with this dude who also made it so you didn't have a title? None of it made sense. <laughs> He's a. I'm gonna chuck this one up to Vader just being a big dumb animal. That that's what I think. Maybe because he probably went backstage and goes, "Okay, so when's my match start?" Right. <laughs> he still thinks he's just causing chaos. He still thinks match. he's just harassing. And they're like, oh, big, big daddy V. We got, I got some bad news, but that was it. <laughs> but, uh, so yeah, like you, like you said, Vader gets disqualified or somebody gets disqualified, whatever the case may be. Hogan retains the title, but Vader is still like, ha yeah, brother. So, right. Cause so like neither of these people, I mean, you didn't get to see Hulk, uh, pin Vader. If you're a Hogan fan. And you didn't get to see Vader beat Hogan if you're, you know, a normal person that you wanted that. Yeah. Well, hey, you got to see Macho Man and Sting twice. You did get to see that. And one of them even brought chairs. So that's pretty cool. They didn't have chairs the first time, I don't think. So. No, they didn't. They didn't the first time. (laughs) That's another layer. (laughs) (laughs) But, yeah, it fits with the theme of this pay-per-view. A weird crappy finish uh kind of a uh, lukewarm end to the show and then that's it (laughs) that's super brawl five folks yep yeah we'll see at the six one yeah (laughs) but uh yeah man so that brings the show to a close uh overall i mean we kind of touched on it at the top of the show just like uh it was i don't know If, if you're like watching this out of context it's it's fun i guess to see these characters at this period in their careers. But uh, if you're watching it, if you're in it and you're watching these storylines unfold, I I can't see how you'd be happy with this pay-per-view. What in any of these matches, I don't see a single thing that would drive me to want to watch the next episode of, of whatever was Saturday night's main event or whatever. Like I, none none of this wanted me would drive me to want to continue to follow this product. There was no storytelling at all here. There was no contendership. There was, 
Uh, I guess if you're a really big fan of Colonel Packer or Parker, you'd be like, all right, can't wait to see who he brings out from that dumpster fire next. <laughs> oh, KFC man, KFC mm-hmm. man. But um, yeah, so it was, it was a fine show. Not the worst thing I've ever seen in my life, but it was just a lot of bad finishes. And like you said, if, if one thing, it was nice to not have to watch wrestling in the Thunderdome. So yeah. I'll give it that. Yeah, you had live people. You know, I think the problem with this show was is that there was no Johnny B. Bad. <laughs> That's what it needed. Yeah, we needed some more of him. That was. <laughs> I don't know where I don't know where he is at this point because he always opens up these shows. So, well, I don't know. Maybe he's fucking sable somewhere. I don't know. But, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Anything else on Super Brawl? Nah, man. It was a brawl. It was, and it was super fun. Yeah, for the fifth time. Mm-hmm. and uh <laughs> but uh yeah once again man thank you it was a ton of fun having you on here uh for super brawl covering some wcw uh where can everybody follow you and listen to you on the full nelson press uh you can go to the full nelson press.com or just search the full nelson press um anywhere uh we're on all uh podcast apps um we also do an animated um, podcasts on YouTube. So you can check out, it's the same as the audio feed. We just do a, an animated version with it to go with the voices. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, we cover AEW and WWE current events. And then we occasionally will review a movie that the main character is a wrestler. So we can have a really fun, bad movie review. Hell yeah. Uh, I'm on Twitter at uh, Johnny J O N N Y underscore tango. And the full Nelson press is just at T F N P. Hell yeah. Yeah. You guys have a great show. Oh, really entertaining you and pete is his name your co-host yeah yeah i hate him but he's a good guy <laughs> well that's how you know it's gonna be a good show <laughs> <laughs> our, we've i mean every pretty much our 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 uh episodes are pretty much just what our phone conversations used to be yeah before we would uh actually start recording them so we just we love to make fun of the product we hate to bash it we like to look at it as a different way of instead of being like everyone else who hates the wwe right now because it it sucks so why hate it why listen to someone hating it listen to someone who's going to make fun of it exactly that's what it's all about so everybody go check that out and uh yeah once again man thanks for coming on yeah man thanks for having me once again thank you to brandon from the full nelson press podcast go check out their podcast all info is in the description below or wherever you know the description is on the platform you're using but go check them out really fun guys over there i love the dynamic between him and his co-host pete and check me out at apronbump.com you'll find all my social media all the platforms i'm on will bring you right there if you enjoy these WCW reviews, go to apronbump.com, episodes tab at the top, click on a WCW, and all of my WCW episodes from Spring Stampede 94 up till now are there, as well as you can also go to my Wrestling Wars of the 90s series on apronbump.com, and it'll bring you not only WCW in this era, but WWF and ECW. So following all of those companies in parallel in a chronological-ish fashion. So check that out if you haven't already. Uh, Currently scheduled next week, Vengeance 2001. Going back to the 
not the Attitude Era, I guess. I guess that's kind of over at this point. But WWF, their last pay-per-view of 2001, a very interesting time period in between Attitude Era and Ruthless Aggression Era. So that is what's coming up next week. So subscribe if you aren't already. And that is all Daddy has for you today. Thank you guys so much for listening. I'm hard.